This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. So, Welker. So this is you getting access to your files in full. So, um, all right. So with the information that Anacross gave you slash with the information that you got from, uh, I think you, you took, you could have taken, you didn't necessarily, you could have taken, um, Leland McLean, Dr. Leland McLean's, uh, like name badge from the, the last game. Where is it that you access these files? So like, where are we seeing you do this? Um, I suppose the most logical answer would just be my own computer, but um, is there someplace more dramatic I could do it? That's that's what I want to know. I mean, you could uh, be at the office and having to like look over your shoulder as other people are might be showing up. Top of the Eiffel Tower. Top of the Eiffel Tower and be like, ha uh-huh. I mean, I can't picture a rational explanation for why there's like a data room that you have to walk into to look at files. So inside a public library while you all tab back and forth between pornography. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, no, no. I wasn't looking at company files. I was looking at uh, bang bros. <laughs> so I guess my office at work. Okay, cool. So you're at your office and you've kind of like, what if you have to access someone else's office though? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be crazy if Leland McLean is like, I need to go on vacation for a few fucking days because I was full of beetles like a goddamn pinata for a demon. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's do that. McLean's office would work. I, okay. Um, yeah, he would presumably have access to higher stuff than me, considering... Well, no, I think, I, think you guys have, I think you guys have a somewhat similar security rating, though, in, like, maybe different fields. Um, but, like... If, since you have his stuff, you have access to whatever he has access to. Basically, or you've got access. Maybe to I want to be like, uh, maybe if like I log in under his account, then it's like there's no record of me having looked for it or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So, so you're in you're in his office or you're in his lab or whatever. Yeah. Let's say I'm in his lab. Okay. So maybe there's some other like lab techs that are there, and you're like, go home. And you kind of send these guys home, or you're like, go on, you're like, you're on lunch. Like, we need to, we need to make sure that this place is secure this time. And they're like, oh yeah, the beetle thing. Goodbye. And um, you're able to plug this information in that Anna Cross gave you, and yeah, it works. It just gives you straight up access to basically all of your files. You can access your own social security number. What? I have only ever known yeah. the last four digits. Yeah, well, it's three. Here's the deal. You're really old. <laughs> it's one. It's yeah. one. You're Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but so um, if you're looking up your files, one of the things that you notice is a lot of it has been deleted. Okay. Um, can I gather from context clues what sorts of things, what sort of place in my life, that kind of thing? Yes, so there's a lot of stuff about, like, you coming into the Lore Corporation, that's all there. But, like, when you're trying to find out information about this mission that you went on with Bishop, that apparently on which you died, a lot of that information is deleted. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as you're looking this up, like, like, a lot of the information Bishop gave you just isn't there. Like, the date's not there. The place isn't there. Um, like the details aren't there. And so as you're looking this stuff up, it's like, okay, well, fuck. I'm hitting a brick wall because none of that's there. Is there anything that's there or the absence absent of being there that's like directly contradictory with what I already know? That's the thing. And and I'm I'm gonna just give you all this information. So but so there are certain things about your medical files that you're able to look up from Dr. McLean's uh, perspective that don't jive with what Bishop told you. Okay. So, and you can tell me how we figure this out. Bishop had told you basically, he had described a situation in which you guys were ambushed. Mm 
and you weren't ready and that you got killed. But okay. the medical files about like how you showed up that night was that you were asphyxiated. Right. So that you were like choked, yeah. which sounds crazy for if you guys got way. ambushed. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else seems weird there? Because I think like that, because you could make the argument like, oh, just one of the people just strangled you. Oh, so like the medical foul like also said that Bishop was unharmed, um, unperturbed. Um, I had no other injuries. And, yeah, that's um, that's yeah, that's one of the things. Absolutely, is it's like it's like no other no other notable no other notable injuries on uh, Chase Welker. Um, there's no reports about on that same night about Bishop coming in for any medical treatment of any kind. Okay. Um... I'm trying to think th something that could like tangentially tie into what we were actually doing. Like maybe something about like scrubbing a police report for like an area or an address or something along those lines or no. Huh. Okay. I'm down for that. Um, maybe it says that you. Ooh, maybe it mentions that like medical reports. Oh, it can also mention the medical report for a second victim, who is like clearly not, um, like a combatant or something like that. Yeah, I think it. I think it brings up a. Uh, I'm just going to try to be pretty blatant here at this point and be like mm -hmm. pretty obvious because in my head it should be more subtle, but maybe you're just able to find this stuff. I think this would have been deleted, but it brings up it mentions in it mentions in some of the reports. Uh, should it just say like Maria Charms, like like also dead at this at this time, or oh no, oh do you just figure out like? If I get a maybe date, that's what, maybe that's what you do. You look up the date. Yeah, that you connect the date, and it is the exact date of Maria Charms' death. And you're looking up the cases, and it's like, oh, Maria Charms claims to have been uh like like uh inflicted by blunt force, blunt force, blah blah blah, and then drowned. Um, and you're looking up your stuff, and you're like, wait a minute, this is the exact same day, and could have even been the same time. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair enough thing to find and pretty damning. Yeah, and again, it doesn't square with Bishop's story. Like, his story about, like, we got ambushed, we just weren't ready for what we ran into, you did a good job, kid, but you just, you were too green. Like, that doesn't jive. Mm -hmm. Alright, I like it. Is there anything else you think I'd be able to find, or, like, is there anything else important here that I'd like that would I'd be able to access from Cross or McLean's uh, profiles? Mostly thinking like Cross. Like, is there anything in there? It's like, oh, like here's things she's been doing on the down low or something like that. Hmm. Answer doesn't have to be yes. Um, I have I have an answer. I just don't know how much it matters. Um, so. I think she's been, you can maybe figure out, it would be tough to do this without Darkblade. So maybe, maybe oh, okay. you're Like maybe it could be like, I can only figure this out if I bring Darkblade in or something like that. If you want to get Darkblade involved in this, I'm totally down for that. But my, my thought, better. my thought is that, my thought is basically that like you can figure out like Anna Cross has tried to copy a lot of these files likely to give them to the police. Okay. Cool. I don't know. I don't know enough about computers to know if that's how that works, where it's like, oh, this has been copied multiple times. There's nothing we could say that wouldn't have been outdone in like the latest hacking movie. So Yeah. Um Hugh Jackman has to get a blowjob and also infiltrate something for John Travolta yeah. and Halle Berry's tits are in the movie. Yeah, the USB stick is in his semen. It's the only way they can access it. I mean, honestly, 
What can't Hugh Jackman do? I don't know if that isn't possible for him. He's got a good singing voice, too. <laughs> Am I right? Hey, ho, ho, whoa. So Darkblade's been recovering. Herbert Mock has been recovering in the hospital. And uh, old Gloria Mock shows up. Um, Brian Mock Sr., Brian Mock. Everybody shows up, the whole fam. How's the how's the um, family been life been different? Or at least what's his different view on family now that now that his family situation's been illuminated to him? He really is enjoying the attention and the um he's taking a lot of pride in the in the uh the thanks that he's getting from mom and the praise he's getting a lot of praise. He's now the wonder boy he was the dysfunctional kind of you know that that guy that you kind of had to warn people about before you introduce someone to him you know he was he was that kind of a guy and now he's boy wonder and he feels great um for like towards his family he he's loving this affection and time with him and it couldn't come in a better time because he is deeply um deeply he feels like he has a hole in his body just a total hole inside of him um after watching matlock give his life up unnecessarily and feels that this lore corp may be protecting people from supernatural creatures it may be um protecting people from were panthers and and demons, uh, but it's also just annihilating all things from uh, that are magical. All things that are mystical are just being destroyed with it. It's like a uh, clear-cutting beast, the uh, timber felling machine that just um, fells all trees the same and leaves uh, a uh, a swath of destruction behind it. So he's, he sees, uh, so he's, he's in that, that's been his revelation. I'd, I'd say like, he's definitely been thinking about that a lot. It's nice to have his family around. Um, but he's overall very upset. Okay. So they'll, uh, your mom is super grateful for obviously you saving her. She's super proud of you. Um, I think that Brian kind of talks to you and is like, like seeing you in the hospital and seeing you in kind of rough shape. He says, you know, I, I haven't always been the best brother. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that I've been an asshole here and there. I always thought you were a bit of an asshole, but you know, what mom said, if half of what mom said is true, I, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I owe you one. And your dad is there who, what we described as described as played by John Goodman. <laughs> and John Goodman's like, Herbert, I'm proud of you. I really, I don't know what to say. Just so proud of you son dad you don't need to say and he's you don't like, need to say anything he, he looks, he looks you. at your mom and he's like thanks for calls me dad well that's new oh you you know you're my dad you're the only dad I've ever known and and uh me and Brian are love you very much dad and I don't know why you'd feel like, like we don't. Well, and he pauses for a moment and goes, "I'm very, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of both of my boys here." And he tries to give you a hug, but he pulls on you, and it makes the little like uh, alarm thing go off, and the nurse has to come in and readjust some shit to stop the little alarm from going off. And um, oh, what's what's Brian's? We have a name for her. What's Brian's wife's name? 
It's Katie, Katie Mock, and Some... she seems to be played by okay. Reese Witherspoon. Um, but yeah, so like in the middle of this, she's like, "Oh God," and you just hear like "splorch," and she's like giving. She's starting to go into labor right now, and it's like, "What?" I think that we join uh, Sundry again when he's hanging out with Mother Thala at the at the church, at the Mary Queen of the Seas. Sounds good. Church, and they're talking about demons. Maybe they're like, uh, um, uh, fishing for some bait fish, which is hauling some nets out, out by the lake. Sure. So she's letting you do most of like the net casting stuff. And she's like, kind of like, got it in her hands, and she's like, dragging it out and hauling it, holding it, bleh, handing it to you. Um, and I imagine her as an older woman who's in her like later sixties or seventies. Um, and I meant she's one of those women who's just like, um, looks like a, a ancient piece of leather. Like she could be like, yes late 50s or she could be like 90 you just never would know it yeah you would you would never know she looks like the sun has beaten on her for the entirety of her life and um like the salty sea has just like desiccated a lot of her skin to the point where it's like who you're just an apple puppet really who knows how old you are um yeah i think that's 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 perfect you assume that she's a woman in her later 60s or early 70s but you're like honestly i don't fucking know um, and she'll, as she's handing you this net, as you're like kind of casting this out, are you guys on a pier or are you guys on a boat? On a boat. Absolutely. So you're on this boat and she's handing you this stuff and she says like, like you sealed it up. So what? It. And she means, you can tell she means the demon. Oh yeah. We took good care of that demon. And she'll say, good. Those things are... Oh, she's not Irish. <laughs> she's Greek. <laughs> it had been a long time since I'd performed an exorcism. I didn't know if I had it in me. I'm glad you saved that man. Mother Frolla, if, if, if we're being uh, honest with one another, let's face it. Uh, you performed an exorcism shortly before uh, we brought that demon to you. So you cast out whatever was uh, tying me to Mr. Heck. And I surely appreciate that. And she'll say, she'll like look at you. And um, maybe there's like a kink in part of the net and she has to like unwind it. And she'll fiddle with it and kind of throw, like be like, okay, got it. And say, that was you, son. That wasn't me. An exorcism is... An exorcism is when you have to drag a demon out of someone. When a person's accepted... When a person's accepted their demons, truthfully, it's up to them to get their own demons out. You had the strength to do it. As much as, uh... As much as I'm afraid there could be consequences to it down the road for you. What do you mean by that? You know, a shark is a creature that it's basically just a stomach and jaws. That's it. Sure, there's gills and there's fins and this and that. But it'll eat anything. They're carnivores. They'll eat fruit if they think it'll if it'll fill their belly. They'll eat whatever they want. Any creature they can sink their teeth into and get a chunk out of, they'll take it. They're always pushed to move forward though. You ever notice you don't see sharks just sitting still? Most sharks they basically can't. 
Now, I'm not a fish scientist. I'm sure somebody could tell me more about it, but... I haven't seen a shark sitting still. Have you? Well, I wouldn't know. I, I ain't hardly uh, sit still myself, but... Uh, That's most one, of us. One way or another, uh, and if something's coming for me, uh, I don't know, I feel ready for it now. I feel at peace about the whole thing. Used to be, I only thought that my purpose was uh, undoing the wrong that I had done or getting my own back on people who had gotten over on me. But now I feel like there's a new new chance for me. And, uh, you know, this whole heck thing, not the end. Good. They're creatures of dark drive, they are. There's something... They don't let up. I'm glad to know that you're committed to this, because... Well, they don't die. And they don't, uh... And they don't give up. Well, if his friend, uh, Coalfields, any explan... Any, uh... Uh, example they can't be stopped yeah from what I know they can't they can't be killed only stopped or contained and for most of history that I've that I've seen that I've studied Especially what I've seen. They can be sealed up. They can be cast out. They can be trapped. i never seen one killed. From what I've read, only something extraordinary can kill one of them. Well, that's something I'd like to see, too. I've been looking at these things, and and fighting them here and there, in small ways. Mostly little things, what you hear, what you make sure doesn't happen. When I was young, I can remember working with... Working with a nun who would a lot more experience than I did. We went to a small village and there was somebody there who was, they were sick. And at first we showed up for last rites. There wasn't a priest available, given the time. And instead, what we found was somebody who wasn't ready to die. It was somebody who's, whose body had been filled up by one of them. We were able to push it out. At least I was with her help. That was a long time ago. But I knew from that point on that I had a mission. And I see that same mission in your eyes. I'm just done being taken advantage by these things. And, uh... I reckon no one else should have to put up with that hogwash. Is Sister Eliza coming back to the church? Or is she... Or is she through with her vows? Oh, uh, Sunday's girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, my guess is, like, uh, it wasn't too serious a thing. So, uh... Uh... Sundry will say, Mother, uh, I, I reckon the greatest thing God ever gave us is free will. Uh, that's something you taught me when you uh, helped set me free. Uh, so uh, I'm hardly inclined to speak for someone else. But uh, I'd say her, uh, her, her sisterly days aren't, aren't half done. I guess I'd been kicked out of the church for one thing or another in the past. 
Maybe she could come back in and be just fine. You yourself, I want you to remember, there's a lot that you have to do. Don't let your own sin weigh you down like an anchor. Let your commitment be like a lighthouse that guides you to God's shore. Maritime Jesus. <laughs> I think my thinking with Sunder now is like he's not he like before um, in his life everything was transactional, right? And even like the deal with the devil, it's like sell your soul, get the following things. Now you're required to do the following things, right? And when he was like exercised or baptized or whatever you want to call it, then it's more like give up everything, be prepared to die even. Uh, but if if things work out for you, like you're set free. And so when we open on Sundry in the boat and he's like slept with this nun or whatever, like the whole thing is just basically like he's a different person and he's almost like the... Um, fulfillment of that promise of freedom and so i think if he's hearing these things he's sort of sympathetic to them he understands them but he also feels like above them or past them in some ways uh in that like it's no longer so much about like this transactional relationship like what i can do for god and then he'll do for me um to him now it's more just like he does these things because he wants to like he does these things because like they're good and he's good uh, okay and so i think he'll just smile at that um uh, uh um and he'll say uh uh mother Fowler, you don't have to worry about me uh you know you you need a first mate uh I'll pull the ropes. Uh, I just like being being on board for the journey. She'll nod. She'll say, I think you've got this ship, son. I think you've got this ship. Don't get, And she'll call her, she'll change her name. She'll say, don't keep Mother Eliza too long. She'll kind of nod at you. Well, some foreshadowing right there. Yeah. And um, I think I'm going to further foreshadow it. I think um, the next time you see Mother Eliza, or Sister Eliza, uh, she's back in her habit. And she'll be like, you know, Sundry, I... I got news that Essentially, the church has been... Leadership of the church has been handed over to me. What about Mother Thala? And you remember... You don't remember her getting off the boat. And she says... It's been signed over to me, apparently, legally. I don't know. And if, uh... If, Sundry, if you look into Mother Thala... Uh, I think when you get back, you hear, you know, Eliza talks to you about this, and uh, she'll tell you that, you know, the church has been essentially left to her, in her care. And if you ask where Mother Thala is, she'll instead tell you, like, Like that she's passed, or do like, you think that Sunday she's, she's she's with the dolphins now or something like that? Oh yeah, oh she's, and maybe that's it. Like she, one day she just walked into the ocean or something. Yeah, yeah, and we see like we see like a vision of her doing that, and uh, yeah, the idea that. If Sundry looks into it, he can find like a thing from when she had been like a mainstream Catholic nun. 
and sh that she had been excommunicated back in like the mid forties. Hmm. Where it's cool. like, oh, this woman is eighty years old. Like this woman is a bunch older than I even thought she was. There's uh, these stories of like some of the prophets who they don't die uh, because they're like so favored by God. They just are like like tractor beamed or like teleported up into heaven. Um, like the prophet Elijah, I think, is one of them. And so it would be cool if to sort of marry your first scenario where she's a ghost and she just disappears and your second scenario where she's just an old person who dies that that it's more like something where she's like yeah maybe she's walking into the ocean and she disappears and her body is never found or on a boat and disappears and her body is never found but like the key being like her body's never found you never know so like yeah oh yeah i think i think that that works perfectly well where like if you talk to eliza she knows that this stuff has been handed over to her. But both of you know she's gone. And so, and there's the awkward thing that she has to tell you, I think, where she's like, this is my life now. Like, I have to do this. I think she might offer you to stay here with her and you could tell me what that might be, but I think oh. she basically says, like, I have to take Mother Thala's place as, like, the mother superior of this church, but you can stay here, and you can tell me what she means by that. Hmm. I'm not sure what she means by it, but I think that Sundry wouldn't, regardless. Part of that, like, freedom concept we were talking about earlier, but I think Sundry would just say, like, I understand uh, these uh, these things that you're part of are, are great things, and uh, great things come at great price. But um, I'll always be here to help you when you need me. And I think, uh, oh, what's what's the little scene that we see that like, oh, the sexual or romantic relationship that you guys have is no longer going on. Sundry just like usually like he'll like look at her in like a kind of flirtatious way and she'll sort of like sink toward him and he does that and it's just like um it's like you know just a stone-faced reaction and she turns and like looks at the cross after the Crider Lake named after Heather alias Ray Crider uh, after the Crider Lake facility uh, got uh, compromised and the Gilman slash uh, or the Gilman row and uh, the Were Panther got taken, um, Bishop is going to bring this crystal back to, he's going to bring this to the Lore Corporation office in Palmetto City. Yes. Okay. How does that how does that go down? You're referring to the crystal we got from the ghost tower? Yes. Are you asking what goes wrong? No, not what goes wrong with it, but like what does that look like? Does he does he show up and say like we're bringing this here cuz it'll be safer? Does he not does just Welker show up and it's just there? Um, does Welker not even know? And it's just like, oh, secretly in vault number four, this is what's there. Um, I think Welker will find out somehow. Um, maybe the fact that they're like so shook up by the fact they were directly attacked and they possibly have people on the inside they can't trust means that they don't have the typical sort of hush-hush like convoy. Maybe like Bishop personally brings it over. And Bishop being more of a casual appearing person, like, uh, asks for Welker's help and, like, where to put it. Okay. So, yeah, so we see Bishop uh, just kind of say, you know, where should we put this thing? It's got to go somewhere. And it sure as shit ain't uh, staying in the lobby. And Welker will say, well, there's a recently vacated containment unit. 
um, adjacent to Dr. McLean's lab. I'm sure he'll be happy to have something new to work on when he eventually returns. Yeah. I'll say, uh, how bad was it? Now, now that uh, Jessica Lore is not around and he maybe can speak more frankly, he can just tell you. Yeah, yeah, he'll just tell you whatever it was ripped him apart. McLean said, McLean said it was likely that thing that, uh, that things. McLean said it was that thing whose eggs you stole. Probably at least. Come up, maybe through some pipes, maybe through something. If you got the option, keep this sealed up. I'm not. What can I say? Uh, I heard reports of possible inside, insider play. And he'll, uh, and he'll kind of chuckle and say, yeah, it might have been somebody who uh, managed to get themselves on the old payroll. And, uh, well, not an issue anymore. Well, sometimes you don't know who your friends are till it's too late, right? He'll laugh. I'll go, ain't that the truth, son? Ain't that the truth? Maybe we could have one more scene with Brian and Darkblade. How about that? How about how about the last time Brian goes with Darkblade to the well and Dark and Brian can see it? Oh, and they pass by Booker's um, daughter on the way there. Yeah, Brian's I mean, do, like, do you, I mean, do you do you, re- do you really want that, or I don't know if this is all just jokes? No, I I really want that. And then we okay. can show that Brian has similar parentage. We're just not as in touch with it. Okay. So, yeah, maybe you guys walk by and um, he's, it's a little bit later. It's Brian and you and uh, the newborn baby. And he's got the newborn baby in a stroller. And uh, I don't know if that's a thing. I'm not a dad. I don't know. But so he's got the newborn baby in a stroller and he's walking with you and you guys walk past it and you know it's there. And Brian just kind of walks right past the well. He -hmm. goes right past Welker's house. He doesn't seem to notice it. And he just tells you like, you know, I know that we we had some differences here and there, but I'm really glad that... I'm not just glad that you helped mom. I'm, I'm glad that we got we got another chance at this at uh, being brothers. Me too, Brian. I've, I've kind of been, I guess I've been hard on you. You know, you know, I think that all big brothers want their little brother to just, uh, not make the same mistakes they did. So I admit I've been kind of been jerk, but I love you. And I think that, um, you know what? I'm 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 proud of what you're doing, and I'm glad that you came to see me and mom. And I know it means a lot to her, but it means a lot to me too. So you know, yeah. say like, you know, we're naming this little guy. We're naming him Herbert. No, Brian. That's a stupid name. He goes, yeah, well, we're all pretty dumb around here. Runs in the family. Am I right? And you guys look at each other and the camera freezes and you're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Well, right around here is a place where something really special happened. And I want to show it to you. In front of this house with this teenage girl who's looking out the window and shaking her head no. No, Brian, I... (laughs) Um, no, around the block at the other side. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, that that's um, yeah, that's that's. Hey, Tara, a wave, and she's like, like, uh, what? But then the shot is of her like looking after you as you turn your back and walk away. And then he'll like hold the baby up and like, but be like staring at Tara as he's holding the baby up, like looking at Tara, showing her the baby from like 
50 yards away. And then anyway, we'll put the baby back. But so, but what do you want to get across to Brian from this? You know, Brian, you said you, if you only believed half of what mom said, well, everything mom said has been true, Brian. And all of it started over here. He's going to show him where the well is. I think that, uh, I don't know if this ruins your plan. I think that Brian can't see that stuff. Okay. I think that he doesn't have the connection to the magical aspects that you do. Like you can connect to, you can connect to this place and see it as a place of power. Mm-hmm. I think Brian's like, um, like, man, this is, this is really beautiful. Unseasonably cool for this time of year, but should we be in this person's backyard? No. Um, no, we shouldn't. They're probably going to shoot us. This is Florida. Brian, you, this is a place where mom went before she had before she had us. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. They used to own they used to have a house. I don't think they owned it. They used to have a live in a house right here. Oh, yeah. He's like I think I remember some pictures of that. You're right, it was around here. Well, that's wild. I think that uh I think that you should name this beautiful baby uh Matt because it was here that mom met Matlock who was able to uh, give her children after she had tried for so long to have kids he allowed her to have uh, hey. you and me Matt oh like your middle name Matthew yeah, yeah like that but um, this was a magical creature older than knowable and he uh created he allowed bomb to create both of us and And i think i think what we get i think what we get from your brother is like you and he have mended this uh rift that you have Mm -hmm. but i think he's only willing to go so far and i think it kind of just shows us as the audience like he's not seeing the magic element Mm -hmm. but when you say like oh like uh matt like Matlock, he's like, oh, Matt, like your middle name. Which obviously we all know your name is Herbert Matthew uh, Mock. Mm-hmm. H. Matlock. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really prefer Darkblade69, Brian, but. Um, he's like, I'm not calling you that in front of the kid or my wife or mom or dad. Brian, um, just know that this is a special place, all right? In that this is um, this is this is the start of our family, and um, you know, little little Matt here wouldn't be here either if it wasn't for Matlock. Yeah, have you heard Mom talk about an angel? Think of him as an angel who visited, uh, visited mom, and uh, without him, we wouldn't be here. We see a jeep driving through um, this kind of like sandy area. And uh, Chiron on the bottom says, uh, Sahara Desert, Molly. And you guys are like, like driving Papa around. Molly. Yeah, you guys are you guys are like touching each other and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so you're, you're driving through this and you stop. You kind of like break out some binoculars and like look. Yeah, and I think Ashton looks at them and like, mm, maybe you should do this. Yeah. Oh, his eye patch is good. <laughs> Yeah, and Ashton's Ashton looks fairly healed up, and he's wearing just like a like a black eye patch, um, as opposed to any kind of bandages. 
And so Mirzad is like looking through this these binoculars and we see like off in the distance what looks like kind of a town and the Chiron appears again and it says like um It's like the first seal or something. Uh, ruins of um like ruins of ruins of ruins of medieval Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. And he's like looking at it. And you guys get back in the car, and as you kind of approach again, you get to another spot, and he can explain to you, like, you guys talk about, like, oh, these ley lines had intersected in this place. And oh, yeah, I was thinking maybe Ash, like, maybe they go to the ruins, and Ashton's like, um, maybe you see it from his view, and it's like, oh, those look cool. And then he looks, like, slightly over or something, and he just sees, like, the strings or something over there, and it's like, no, it's not there, it's just like a mile that way or something. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys go to what we would say is Timbuktu today and you can get there as an interesting tidbit. This place, that, that place was um, like a massive in the last couple of years, like war zone <laughs> with like an Al Qaeda affiliate. Oh, wow. Um, and so they were like, uh, there's these like crazy ruins that are insanely important to history. And the dilemma is there's dudes who are like, like yeah we're part of al-qaeda and that they're in charge of the area um they're like luckily the important documents are theoretically muslim related stuff so hopefully these guys won't destroy it (laughs) um but anyway so yeah that's that's great because that is really really a great idea because you see that this isn't the place that you need to go it's actually these kind of ruins off to the east of that Mm-hmm. And Razad can tell you, like, wait a minute. This area had been um, kind of an add-on. The initial site of Timbuktu had been X number of miles this way. And as you guys head that way, we see you guys do the same thing where you stop the car and you get out and you look. And you can kind of zoom in and you realize, wait a minute. The Lore Corporation is already operating stuff in that exact area. And you can realize, and you realize, like Mirzad did not know about this. The big thing is, why has Darkblade continued to go back to Matlock's well, even given his now estranged relationship from Welker? Yeah, he's going there to pay okay. his respects to Matlock. So he's been going there pretty regularly, just kind of hanging out. Almost treating it like like a hallowed grave. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the big one of the big things that I think you can see yeah. is as you sit there, and especially if you hang out on these uh, these stones, you could feel that like this is still a place of power, and that it's connected to other places of power. And you can see that leading off of it are um, four lines that lead away. And it's easy for you to trace two of them. One of them is definitely going to the um, the Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens. Another one is going to the mm-hmm. Magnolia Place Mansion, where that uh, witch had, had been. And there are... Th- two others but those two others are going in much more vague directions like they kind of point in a way but they're so blurry it's tough to see them but dark blade can figure out oh shit there are these two other places that connect to this well and they're these other places of power Now you had said that Darkblade would want to get a hold of Sundry for something. Definitely Darkblade's gonna get in touch with Sundry and talk to him about what he heard. Because uh, he, he was there as well and he heard the demon say what uh he did what Welker did to his Is it a different wife. demon or the same one? Yeah, he means Dag. No, I know, but yeah. when we're all at the exorcism or a different time. It happened twice, right? It was brought up in the church, and then it was brought up again, finally, 
at the at the set at the final countdown. Got it, okay. Yeah, and so I Darkblade, we can think about how we want to play that, but Darkblade's gonna approach you about Welker and whether or not you think that it's true, whether or not you have time to consider it, because um Darkblade thinks that Welker's a monster and is capable of it. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode included Curiosity by Ron Ernest, Brushed Bells in the Wind by Daniel Birch, The System of Sleeplessness by Dan Bowden, A Dangerous Location by Ron Ernest, and Gamala by Ease Jemmy Jams. Be sure to check us out on social media, including Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, in hell, tell a friend. If your friend is not interested, tell them again, and then go to their wedding where it's weird and talk about it in your toast. It won't make sense, and Grandma will be uncomfortable about it. You could do like the Nirvana album cover. With yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know they went through six babies? Oh. They had to kill five babies for that <laughs> album cover. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, this kid doesn't really want the money that bad. Okay. So, yeah, I like that. I take out one of my four guns, and I walk down to Mr. Bishop's office. And he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? You guys yeah, want to play? you ready for freshman talk? English? Yeah. Oh, you meant Mr. Bishop, the mercenary. <laughs> I thought you meant Mr. Bishop, the English teacher. <laughs> And so that's kind of how we punctuate the end of this scene as, as Katie mock is going into uh, labor with Brian's child. And I'll say, Brian, you dog, you dog, Brian. And Brian goes, rah, 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 rah. Uh, she'll, but she'll say like, Spinacopita. yeah, she'll be like, Oh, there's, was, was there spinach just stuffed inside him? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and she, and then, and she's like, hold on, I've got a date. And she looks over and uh, Uncle Jesse shows up and she's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, hey. Because I don't remember what Uncle Jesse would say. So I just made him fucking Fonzie. And I think, uh, oh, what's what's the little scene that we see that like, oh, the sexual or romantic relationship that you guys have is no longer going on. Oh, um, they're like in a confessional and like Sundry's cut like a glory hole into it. And um, she's like, she's not having any of it. And she's pissing through it into his <laughs> mouth. And he's trying to say what he just said, but as he's, gar- as he's gargling her piss. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And now for some behind the scenes action. You can find that she... Um... Sundry just killed her too. Yeah, no. Here's my idea. And in retrospect, I'm starting to think this is kind of goofy. But the idea that, like, she had been a ghost, essentially like a ghost inhabiting the spirit of this church, Hmm. waiting to do something. And so I almost like the idea that, like, she... She was a nun a really long time ago. Like, back... I almost imagine, like, World War II era nun... Yeah, and she'd, she'd been like a young nun then, and then at some, and had been like essentially excommunicated from the church, and so established her own church. That became this one that you where you are now. And um, she like needed someone. She felt she needed something to feel like she could go away from it, and like her spirit had just been kind of stuck there. 
I feel like she's been a real tangible character. I think though that like we sort of established the existence of like fairly robust ghosts in the tower episode. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think it's silly by any means. Uh, Do you think it undermines or changes up what you thought of her? Um, well, like the, the act of like baptism where she's like physically baptizing him and the exorcism where she's like physically doing all these things. Like I just, I guess I would just not want that to be all in our imagination somehow or um, like it just, it does muddle it a little bit for me. It doesn't okay. undermine it per se. What if she had um, instead essentially just been like, oh, she was way older than we thought. And she was just essentially holding on almost supernaturally to find a successor. And in these spirits, she found you and Eliza and died. I I, I prefer that. Like, okay. if, check that link I sent. Um, oh, I, I didn't know if this was anything serious or not. No. Uh, so this is like uh, this woman... It, she's like 90 something, I think, maybe like late 80s. But she gets up at like four in the morning every morning. And um, she's like this celebrated barbecue chef where she'll cook, you know, things for like 10, 12 hours or something like that. Her name is Tootsie. And she looks like this, like totally like just piece of hard leather, like what we were describing, Mother Thala. Um, but she's like, I don't know. If, like if you if you watch the 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 show that she's in, she's like kind of mannish in a way, and she's doing all of this like heavy labor despite the fact that she's really old. Someone like that, you know, it's not like they suddenly go from being like super strong and super active and old to then like withering away for twenty years or whatever. So mm -hmm. I could see Mother Thala being like that, being like this character where you think she's a lot younger because of what she does. Okay. And she's so active, you know, but in reality, she's still like has to, um, uh, she's the, the laws of physics still apply to her. She's still like old and, uh, eventually going to die. Yeah. Okay. Well then in that case, yeah, I just saw the movie, uh, the Blumhouse fantasy Island movie. And Michael Rooker is in that movie. Mm -hmm. And he's, he does a good job, but he is a man who has naturally curly hair. And if you don't keep his hair very short or style his hair very well, he looks like a clown. So Michael Rooker just looks like action clown. And he's just like, looks like a clown with a machete in that movie as he's running through some scenes of the film. Anyway, delightful. Yeah. Um, are you, are you happy with that? How that, how that ends? Yeah. Got like a little intimation there. I don't see Walker like confronting him about the greater issues in that exact moment. Um, and as far as the artifact goes, I, I don't have any personal uh, investment in what happens to that. As far as I know, Okay, well, theoretically, it's just going to be sitting in the yeah, local corporation office in Palmetto City. Absolutely. You know, I uh, thought that would be better to have it with you guys than be like, it's far away in Kentucky, or I think that's where we said yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. In. Like, more interesting things could happen if it's closer. For instance, maybe they'll want to, someone will want to come back and steal that. Okay. Cool. Um,. I think we already had enough. Have we had enough veiled uh, discussions between uh, Walker and Bishop of like what's going on, or do we need like some other about which subject? Uh, probably about Walker's situation. Well, like I said, I think like he got in his little jab there about you don't know who you can trust, but um, okay, I don't see him. I so I feel like if Walker's gonna like go any further into that with him directly in person, then it's gonna be like, hey, I know what you did, and I'm not sure if we're ready to blow that that popsicle stand just yet are we um i think you got a good point now's not necessarily the time for that only because i think that that could i mean the way i Ooh. see it once i do that i'm either me or lore isn't gonna be around like right 
I think you could do that, but we might leave it on like a very uh, tense ending. But yeah, I don't know. Keeping in mind the next session, the next mystery will be the theoretically the last mystery. Oh, I I would be very disappointed if it doesn't come up. Like I'm certain it will. I just have difficulty seeing a uh, a path forward after that, where Lore and Welker are like just cool with it and doing mysteries together. Yeah. Okay.